Sometimes you gotta go back to actually move forward. I don't mean all the way back to dental school. Let's face it, that was an awful experience. But when it's all said and done, you still have questions. That's what Paul and Justin are here for. To answer your questions as your dental business mentors. What's up, everybody? This is Dr. Justin Bohr. I'm here with Dr. Paul Edgerson. Paul hey, and I are, <laughs> we are recording some of our 10-minute sessions. I'm notorious for making them more like 12. Paul will warn me again today to be respectful of your guys' time, but we'll see. 50-50 chance I'm going to respond. But we're trying to go for 12. Okay. You're like my mother-in-law. I have to tell you like 10 so that we actually... <laughs> Like my mother-in-law will be like, she'll be like, I'm on my way. And she hasn't even left her house yet. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, you're such a liar. Here I thought we were friends. Now I'm getting compared to the mother-in-law. That's <laughs> terrible. Man. I, I love my mother-in-law. She's cool. <laughs> yeah. That's great, man. I'm glad you guys had a healthy yeah. relationship. So what's up? So we are talking about money and we're talking about financial freedom, which I think it's a good topic. Everyone likes to talk about it. And someone's just kind of asking like, what are the best investments for financial freedom? Because I think. We've all kind of moved from this let's retire early to let's be financially free, this fire kind of stuff. So I guess just what are some investments that dentists should be looking into to create financial freedom? Okay, first of all, disclaimer, Dr. Paul Etchison and I are not financial investors. We're not fiduciaries or we don't have the credentials here. So you can't hold anybody's feet to the fire with respect to what we're doing. When people ask you, like, what do you do for a living? Do you ever want to say I'm an investor? That's like half of my time now. Yeah, I feel like I should be. I feel like, but then there's so many follow-up questions. I'm like, I'm just a dentist. I'm a dentist. It's leave me alone. Yeah, that ends it real quick. I know. Yeah, there's no follow-up <laughs> questions with a dentist. Maybe, oh, where do you practice? Okay, that's really cool. I hate my dentist. <laughs> LOL. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It ends the conversation. It's a conversation stopper. What we will tell you is like what we're doing. So I'll tell you what I'm doing. I look at investments as uh, active and passive and there's very few truly passive investments that I have found, but I will tell you what I'm up to. So I take a lump sum of money every year and I put that money into a S&P 500 index fund. To me, that's a set it and forget it as passive as it's ever going to get. Historically, over a number of years, we have trends that shows returns that are on average, you got an annualized return between 8 and 10%. To me, that's one of those risk management strategies. And it's the most passive investment I could find. Secondly, I put some cash into a stock that I like. Now, I don't technically have to do this because the stock that I'm investing in is encompassed in this S&P 500. What is it? I've invested in Apple and I continue to do that over time, but I treat them the same way. I've learned from all the mentors over time that I don't get emotional about what's happening with my stock. I don't try to panic sell or anything like that. If I'm putting money into this stock and I'm putting money into the index fund, they're never being sold. I'm continuing to put money into those over time. Okay. People can talk about dollar cost averaging, whatever. If you want to do that, go ahead and do that. I just take lump sums. I throw it in. I'm not really concerned about price. What I'm concerned about is getting money deployed into that at all times, continuing to add to that top end. And then I'm going to leave it there. For me, that's a risk management strategy. We've done well in other areas. So I don't view that as some retirement fund. I review it as a potential inheritance that my children may get if nothing else I do works out. That's how I look at it, okay? And then also, best case scenario, if everything else works out, that's just icing on the cake. For me, that's as passive as it gets. 
there's a certain temperament that's required for that. So I wouldn't be putting money in there that you absolutely need for lifestyle. I only invest things that aren't required. And before I started investing, I should have said this earlier, I have a rainy day fund that I keep and I never touch. If shit hits the fan and for a year, our businesses aren't producing income or the cash that we've invested is stuck, we have money there and I know my family's safe and secure. Where is your rainy day fund? My rainy day fund right now is highly liquid. I have it in bonds, right? Like things I can get out right away. That's uh, what I was just wondering. Like, like, like would, a T-bill, like a, like a T-bill. Because like the right? money so, markets and all those like high yield savings are like four and a half, five percent right now. Yeah, yeah. And, and those so, are pretty liquid. You know, it, they're pretty liquid. You can put something in for like, you got to reconstitute them every month, but you can do it for up to three months. That's super liquid. It's not trapped anywhere. And then I do have cash just sitting in the bank as well. That's there for me too. So I don't need to wait a month or anything like that to get money out. So in any case, passive investments, that's all I do. Really simple, really boring, but I know it's going to work. If you're betting on America, it's going to work. I'm betting on America. I love I'm betting America. On America to succeed, right? I love America. So, uh, Get I'm to the to sexy down. stuff. What is this? No, okay. Talk to us about something <laughs> hot and sexy. The, so the second liquidity. piece I look at is active and passive is a real estate. I'm really a big fan of real estate. I love real estate, not just because of the ability of you can touch it, feel it, see it, but I like the fact that there's tax benefits there. And I won't get into all those, but I enjoy those tax benefits. There's all kinds of things that can be done. If I own a building, I can do cost segregation studies, accelerated depreciation on that cash flow. I like the fact that depreciation over time and just the debt that I carry there, there's a tax benefit to me and a financial benefit to me. And if I do a project that's a value add project where I go and I've increased the value of that or it has naturally over time, well, I can go pull money out and cash out refi. And the money I get out is cash I get in hand tax-free, right? Because I'm taking debt on the property. And so for those reasons, I really like real estate and we're heavily invested and we're going to continue to do that. Real estate can be divided up into active and passive, right? You've got all these syndicators out there now who can give you the 15, 20% possible returns. If you want to go date a bunch of them and someone's got a 15, 20 year track record and you can see all their historic investments, successes and failures, and you're bought into that, you can do that. I don't do syndications anymore because there's just not enough meat on the bones for me. I want more than 15 to 20% if I can create that, right? That typically comes from getting your hands dirty, going and buying a property, value adding that yourself, doing ground up development and things that are similar to that, right? If you don't have the time, then the passive route does work. There's a number of syndicators out there or a number of groups that you can join that are looking for folks that have cash and don't want anything to do with the investment. There's fees there, which I'm not a huge fan of. But again, if you want it completely passive, then that's your entry ticket into the game. You're going to have to deal with the fees and recognize that you'll still get a good return, provided that you've chosen the right asset class. Like there's self-storage, there's apartments, there's the residential funds, and then you've got retail funds and things like that as well. So I love real estate. To me, real estate is sexy. Real estate is fun. I enjoy doing it. There's a hunt. So I'm more of a, I would consider myself as an active investor there. It takes a lot of time. You have to look at deal flow. You have to vet those deals and run those numbers. And you might have to look at a couple hundred deals before you even put an offer in on one. And so it is time intense, but it can be done passively as well. So I love real estate. And then cryptocurrencies, I don't know a heck of a lot about them, but what I do know is it sounds like Bitcoin is here to stay. It's gone up and down and all over the place. I have no idea what's going to happen over the long run, but I've put a certain amount of money into Bitcoin and I'm not adding anymore. I've just left it there. It's gone up and down and done all kinds of things. I did harvest equity from Bitcoin when it was at its peak, but I eventually when it 
went back down and had repurchased and I just leave it there. Set it and forget it. I treat it like an index fund. I'm not even going to bother looking at Bitcoin. But other than that, I don't do any other investments. You got the index funds, you got singular or stock that I really like. And as I said, that's not necessary completely. If you want to allocate that capital to the index fund, that would be just as good. And then real estate. I've done both syndications and active investments, hunting for the deals myself, which is principally what I'm looking to do now. And last thing I will say, for those of you that don't want to do the syndication route, you can find partners. You might find a partner locally. You might have a friend or a colleague, which I've done deals with, and they've got some knowledge there, maybe a lot more time than you, but they just want a capital partner to join. And if you know, like, and trust them and they're competent enough to produce a result for you, then doing business with them helps too. I mean, forming those partnerships, I think are pretty effective. And Ben Paul, you can comment on that too, because I know you've done things like that as well. So last but not least is the dental practices. Like that has been a huge investment in the long term. Like over time, that's where we've got most of our lump sum cash from is just doing a really good job running our business. And I wouldn't be able to put any money into these passive things if we didn't get our money right in the business to begin with. So I might have presented those in the wrong order, but I would definitely start with getting your money right in the business, keeping a rainy day fund, and then deploying capital that feels right to you into some of these investment modalities. How about yourself, brother? Hey, everyone. I just wanted to share a recent success story I just heard about. Six months ago, Dr. Dushant Patel of Sumner Dental Group in Tennessee reached out to Relevance Marketing because he wasn't receiving a whole lot of traffic from his website or anything online. Relevance expanded the online presence by listing the dental office and all the online directories with consistent information, which is super important, fixing any errors, along with redesigning his website using content that Google upranks, all the while keeping aesthetics and search keywords in mind. They then began to publish blogs and information relevant to dentistry using the search keywords for their area. Now, in just a few months, Sumner Dental was in position number one or number two on the Google Map Pack and organic listings for almost every single dental keyword. They saw an 88.9% increase in phone calls as well as 115% increase in interactions with their Google business profile. Now, if you think having your phone ring almost twice as often with new patients could really change your practice, well, you're right. If you're looking for a transparent, no contracts, no BS, and results-driven online marketing program, look no further than RelevanceOnlineMarketing.com. It's who I've been using for almost five years. Can't say enough good things about them. Hey, mention the Dental Practice Heroes podcast and you'll get your first month free. Go to RelevanceOnlineMarketing.com to schedule your free demo today. That's www.RelevanceOnlineMarketing.com. Yeah, man. So kind of same stuff. Like I just do like the passive stocks. I do VT Sachs, which is like Vanguard total stock market. I do the S&P 500. I don't do much with stocks too much. I mean, it's mostly just 401k stuff just because I feel like there's more control over the real estate stuff. And I would say in my investing history, my best returns have come from the tangible real estate that I bought, repositioned or flipped and then sold. Those have been the best returns. But my issue is I'm like in the six to 12 multi-unit range for the stuff that I'm buying. And a lot of times I can't get enough money into it. So I still have to find other things to do. Like I just can't find properties with enough money. So like, I don't know if I need to step up to like commercial or something like that. Who knows what my real estate journey is going to be. But like the other, my real estate is the syndications and finding I've worked with a number, maybe five different operators. I like two of them very much. And I just kind of stick with them now. Since I sold my practice, I started getting into some short-term loans, stuff like that. I've also invested in mineral rights, where you buy land and they lease the oil rights. That's been a good investment for me. 
And then I've also done like some dumb investments. Like I just lost a whole bunch of money to someone who was totally full of shit. It seemed like a good idea. The returns were great. And I did two deals with them and I got a great return on it. And now they're in prison. So I lost everything. That was the fastest way to lose money. And looking back on it, I say, I knew this. Why did I think this was okay? I knew this was going to happen. Yeah, so some guy, Trump pardoned some dude, and he was supposed to serve 24 years, and he got out in seven years, and he's back in prison within a year and a half. So thanks for that. I'm, I'm not blaming you, Donald. I'm blaming myself. I'm taking accountability for you. I learned something. But I think the idea is that we need to look at our lifestyle, and we need to make sure that we're leaving enough room to invest, because I've been investing solidly for probably the past like eight years, and now I'm at a point where it's just kind of snowballed so much that... It just keeps growing upon itself. And then you're just like, my God, like, like, I don't have to worry about money anymore. And if you want to get there, forego having the two, $3 million house, like forego having all the nice cars. I don't know what you need to do, but the practice is what allowed me to get there. First of all, investing in my practice, investing myself, but that income is making sure you live below your means so that you can continue to invest because I think that's the long-term play to invest so you can retire I think that's unrealistic because trust me, you're not going to want to retire. Like, I mean, Justin, you've been in the same position. I've been in the position and we can both tell you from experience. It's not a fun place to be. I mean, it's good to have options and have the freedom, but it's not as fun as you think it's going to be just to sit around and do nothing. Like you want to do something. And like, for instance, right now, like I'm starting to build this new coaching program and it's been the most excited I've been about anything in like probably five, 10 years. I don't know how long it's been. I, this is how I used to feel about my practice. Like when I opened up. So it's like, I'm excited. I'm excited to grow things. Do I need to do it for money? Am I dying for money? I got to pay my bills. No, I'm doing it for fulfillment. That's the cool part about retirement. But if you think you're going to get there and stop working, so you need to get this big nest egg because you're going to not going to work at all. I think that's unrealistic. You're totally going to work. So take us down into the sunset, Justin, we're at 13 minutes. All right, guys. Well, I mean, I think we've basically shared with you what we're doing, and that's where our circle of competence ends. No one's saying that there aren't other options out there that you can explore, but these are certainly things that have worked historically for a number of people. Someone taught me years ago to earn, save, and invest simultaneously. And I think that was the best advice someone could have given me. Earn, save, invest simultaneously. How do you earn through your business, whatever side gigs you got, whatever that may be. But you're not going to invest your way out of certain lifestyle considerations. You got family, kids, et cetera. So you got to continue to earn. So always get that piece right. Save a certain amount for your rainy day and then take the rest and put that and deploy that into any of the things we've talked about or things that feel right to you. Earn and slow the burn. Hey, if I had to ask you just yes or no, would you consider, if you describe yourself as an investor, would you describe yourself as savvy? Savvy. Are you, are you a savvy what, investor? What, I don't know. I, I don't like to pump my tires or anything like that, but I think <laughs> pump your tires. <laughs> so, You're, that's a savvy analogy. If I didn't hear yeah. heard one, all right, we got to wrap this up. All right. All right. Let's do it. We're just going to stop Have fun. Dental business mentor.com. We done.